0: Matthew chapter 1, let me just say a word of thanks and a hearty amen to all that have taken part this afternoon. It's been a blessing. as I'm sure it has to you as well. Matthew 1, I want to begin reading briefly from verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to put her or make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while they thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. And he took unto him his wife, and he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Matthew's narratives of the nativity are not quite as familiar as those by Luke the historian. But yet we read here of, well, can we say a key part of all that transpired. I mentioned this morning thoughts and meditations on the people, the individuals that were involved in all the events surrounding the birth and the ministry of Jesus. They were ordinary people. Scripture refers to the Scripture's previous heroes as those of like passions, such as ourselves. And we saw something this morning in Zacharias of a believer, a godly man in a a wicked age, and yet a man who had his own struggles and his faith needed to be built up and helped as he wrestled with unbelief. Well, what of Joseph, Mary's espoused husband, the one in the providence of God given to lead the home and the family wherein the second Adam would be brought into this world? I just want to think of the, the titles for a moment. The names that appear in this story where Joseph... As the angel appears to Joseph, Joseph is wrestling with what to do. If you're familiar with the story. We read something of that as Mary has had the announcement by Gabriel to her of the child she will bear. She's journeyed from Nazareth to be with Elizabeth in Judea. She's there for three months. She returns. She's with child. What is Joseph to think? His fiancée, although more than a fiancée, a betrothal was legally binding. She's away three months. She comes home pregnant. He's pondering what to do. He doesn't wish to make a public example of her, but he's, he's minded to divorce her privately. The angel appears to Joseph. Joseph's fears, obviously, are put aside. He must marvel. He must feel the weight of the privilege and the task that is before him. But as I said, I just want to look for a moment at the names that Matthew uses, that the Spirit of the Lord uses for us in this portion with regard to this to Joseph. He's addressed Joseph verse 20, "Thou son of David." Now Matthew's account focuses primarily on the lineage through Joseph. Legally, it is through Jesus receives the lineage inherited from the son of David. But this is Joseph, the carpenter in Galilee. This is not a crown prince in Jerusalem who is living in a palace awaiting his time to come to the throne. This is Joseph living when there is no throne save opposing Gentiles that rule over Israel. There is no prospect. There is nothing on the horizon that would lead any to think that the fulfillment of the Messianic prophecies that this son of david was it was not out of cruelty that the angel uses this title of joseph he's not trying to remind joseph of things that aren't as it were he's telling joseph of things that are god isn't limited to earthly means He is not limited or bound by earthly expectations. He's bound only by his own word, by his own promises. And as unexpected, as unlikely, as tucked away and hidden, as it were, as the birth of Jesus may have been, it was in fulfillment of God's promise that Joseph or Jesus would be a a son of David that he'd be born in Bethlehem of Judea. We see the remarkable providence that Luke does record of that taxing, that enrolling that was decreed from Rome that would bring this Galilean to the city of David for Jesus to be born. But you would think when this son of David came to the city of David that, well, the family would be there, homes would be opened... There would be this enlarged expectation. But no, it's Joseph, thou son of David, journeying to Jerusalem or through Jerusalem to Bethlehem and no place for them to stay. No welcoming palace, no welcoming cottage. He's born in the stable and yet here, Is the promise of the ages. Joseph, thou son of David, yes, God has honored his word. But the next name is that of the child. And Joseph, who has just before feared something isn't right, I'll have to put Mary aside is now told that it will be his task, his role, to name the child. Joseph, of course, takes up the role, and he is told to call him Jesus. Jehovah is salvation, and the reason is supplied, for he shall save his people from their sins the same gospel that we find in the song of Zacharias. Zacharias speaks of a future day. He speaks of a kingdom. But the heart of the message is one of salvation. Salvation from sin. Not from Romans. Not from future Gentile powers. Salvation from sin. And this is the Jesus that is born. You think of the expectations that had evolved in Israel with regard to their Messiah. The perverted expectations of the Pharisees. Expectations that even a Herod in his old age would fear and slay the children of Bethlehem. These expectations again are not at all what become the experience of Joseph and Mary. Their poverty. Many suggest if you read the accounts and that account of the wise men from the east those months later, they do make it into our nativity scenes, but it was a little while till they were there. But it's very possible that those gifts they brought with great value were what financed the trip for them to flee to Egypt. That Herod's sword would not snuff out the life of this Jesus. And you think of the, the questions still. The heart of the matter was put before them plainly. But these key characters, if you will, in the history. are still wondering when and how these things will be. Think of that phrase of Mary. She and Joseph... Eight days after the child is delivered, venture into the temple to dedicate the child and Simeon's prophecy that is pronounced. And it said, Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Meditating on the word, seeking to understand that which is spoken of this child. Joseph, I say here, is told, call his name Jesus. The main thing, which we should always keep the main thing, is that He will save His people from their sins. But then, as Matthew was wont to do, he gives Old Testament prophecy and an understanding of the fulfillment of those words. And it says, verse 22, "...all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child." I doubt a reference to that text in Isaiah ever brought greater comfort to a man than it did to Joseph. For shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. It's one of the mysteries and beauties of Christ. Old Testament types in the sacrificial system, the priesthood, or whether it's in names and titles, They're multiplied, for it takes multiple titles, multiple emblems to fully depict and describe the person and work of Jesus. But this additional name, Emmanuel, God with us, truly it speaks and we're right to understand it telling us of the deity of Christ, He is very God of very God. And yet, he's made of the substance of Mary. He has human DNA. He's the promise that God gave to Adam and Eve, the seed of the woman. He, in fulfillment of the Old Testament types of high priests, must be taken from among those that they represent. And so the deity and the humanity of Jesus on display. I know you've heard me repeat the phrase often, but I, well, taking scriptures as a guide, don't hesitate to be repetitive. But it's also always be careful. It's common to speak around Christmas time of God becoming man. I don't stop and rebuke people for such phrases. But I say let's be more careful. God didn't change into a man. Eternal God cannot change. He's infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in all of his perfections. But he took into union with himself our nature. This Emmanuel is God and man. And this title speaks of the person and the work of the Lord Jesus. And as he came in humiliation in his first advent, was with us, was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without, apart from sin, He can be now touched with the feeling of our infirmities as there's a man in glory at the right hand of the Father. A man, our forerunner, our surety that has entered there where none could go apart from Him. But this one who came in humiliation as God with us in that Advent will bring us to God's presence In glory, God with us forever because he fulfilled his promise. He sent another man when Adam failed. This Adam did not and could not fail for he is Emmanuel. I pray the Lord will give us thoughts of our Emmanuel in this Christmas season Ask our brother to come lead us in a closing hymn.